gear cheap astronomy. Why aren't we doing more with artificial gravity? Good question. As we previously discussed on this podcast, and as others have discussed on pretty much every space related podcast, zero gravity, okay, microgravity, is really bad for you. Your bones dissolve, your muscles wither, your cardiovascular system is deconditioned, your eye geometry changes, and if that's not bad enough, your face gets all puffy as well. We've pushed out microgravity exposure time to a year or more, and people do recover, but if it's going to take a year or more to get to Mars, our first Martian astronauts are going to take that one small step and then collapse in a heap. Regular listeners will be aware that here at Cheap Astronomy, we think the idea of humans landing on Mars in the 2030s is laughable, and the lack of an effective artificial gravity solution is one of the reasons that we're laughing. Along with the lack of an effective landing and relaunch solution, or a radiation protection solution, or a mental health solution, and that's just for starters. But hey, let's drop all this negativity and flip the narrative. Living and working in microgravity is actually a good thing. If you've seen any of the visuals of the inside of the International Space Station, there's everywhere. More specifically, there's on every wall of a room. If you look at an equivalent workspace on Earth, nearly everything is on the floor and the ceiling is just dead space and the HR team live in constant terror that anything attached to a wall could also detach and fall on someone. So, microgravity allows a crew to make maximal use of the cramped quarters of their spacecraft. Also, the risk of falling or dropping something on your foot is non-existent, and with a few well-placed handholds, you can move around quite fast and in all directions. So while you can rotate the ship to create artificial gravity, it means you'll be back to working on one surface again. Also, you can't just rotate any old spacecraft to create gravity. The radius of the spin has to be quite large, otherwise you get gravity at your feet but not at your head, so you might need to build a spinning wheel of around 100 metres in diameter, or otherwise you spin a cabin around on a 50 metre tether. Either way, there's some substantial engineering challenges involved. And if you're just spinning parts of your spacecraft, there will be a lot of frictional wear and tear at the axes of rotation, which is not an ideal scenario for a spacecraft on a long and lonely voyage with limited maintenance opportunities. The less moving parts you have to worry about, the better. So, in fact, there are some compelling arguments against rotating spacecraft to create artificial gravity. Star Trek notions of graviton emitters and uranium plating may just be geometrically unworkable even when we do have such magical technologies at our disposal. A more practical and indeed more likely solution for a small spacecraft is to have human-sized centrifuges that crew members can hop into for a few hours a day while they watch a movie, read a book or even sleep. They probably still need plenty of load-bearing aerobic exercise sessions to stay in optimal condition, 
But the centrifuge sessions should particularly help in reversing some of the fluid distribution problems. At least, that's the theory. We are yet to test whether such a solution really works in space, apart from doing one very brief and somewhat inconclusive test on STS-90, a space shuttle mission. It's possible that spending a few hours on a 5 metre diameter centrifuge, spinning at around 15 revolutions per minute, could be enough to shift your body fluids back to Earth normal, at least temporarily. It's unlikely this spinning will have much effect on bone and muscle degradation, since it would be equivalent to lying on a bed that had its foot tilted towards the floor. Admittedly, building such a solution comes with its own problems. For example, you'd need two counter-spinning centrifuges to avoid the surrounding spacecraft from being spun around. So that's a lot of mass, a lot of engineering, a lot of power, a lot of precious cabin space, and quite a lot of injury potential. But if it's managed well, the outcome would be healthy astronauts, so maybe it's worth looking into.